the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Bolcha Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination. And at the same time, Noble Abhogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the Dharma Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Abhogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train, who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita, Addressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is is no other than form, form is no other than In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Sutra all is our emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas. No I datu up to no mind datu, no datu of dharmas, no consciousness datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita, since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as true since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te ata om gate gate paragate parasangati bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised Noble Abhuteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <coughs> <coughs>
section of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. So the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment begins first with a section called an expression of worship or a homage section uh, that's called the prologue uh, in the, uh, English. Uh, so it's that specific section. So we've gone over that. Um, and then the next section uh, goes over the preliminary teachings or uh, explanations of what the preliminary teachings are. Uh, um, uh, so the, that's the section uh, that we're in now, um, where uh, yeah, the section of the preliminary teachings. Which is the exact. Yeah, the preliminary instructions. <laughs> So what is the meaning of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment? The meaning is the same exact meaning that is found in the lamp for the path to enlightenment by Lord Atisha. So what is the meaning then of the lamp for the path to enlightenment by Lord Atisha? Uh, the, if we look at all of the teachings that Lord Buddha gave, the teachings of Sutra, the teachings of Tantra, the teachings of the lesser vehicle system or Hinayana, uh, the teachings of the great vehicle system, or Mahayana. If we look at all of those teachings, uh, and then we look at the lamp for the path to enlightenment, we'll find that the lamp is actually a summary of all of the teachings that Lord Buddha gave. So the lamp for the path to enlightenment is compared to the ocean that all of the waters in the world eventually end up in. Uh, the lamp for the path to enlightenment, enlightenment uh, contains all of the points uh, that Lord Shakyamuni Muni Buddha made and in a very uh, abbreviate, abbreviated or summarized format. Well, that was, uh, <coughs> 
So not only are just the conqueror's speech or Lord Shakyamuni's words uh, summarized, but also the words or commentaries on uh, his speech by the great Nalanda scholars, or more specifically, the great trailblazers. Uh, and the trailblazers refer to Lord Nagarjuna and uh, Master Asanga. So they are considered the trailblazers. So all of the key points that they've made or the commentaries that they've uh, given on these works by Shakyamuni are contained within the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment as well in an abbreviated or summarized format. So if we look at the three types of paths, uh, the stages of the path that lead beings to the higher realms, the stages of the path that lead beings to liberation or nirvana, and the stages of the path that lead beings to uh, complete Buddhahood, if we look at those three, state, uh, those three types of path, we'll find that this, great, this text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, by Lord Atisha, is a text which contains the path which leads one to the Buddha ground. So it is considered a great vehicle text because it is a text that uh, shows one the path which leads to full enlightenment. So, and it also contains an unstained explanation of the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and then those teachings for beings of great capacity. So it's, it, it, it contains these points in an unstained or a, a, um, yeah, an untarnished fashion. Mm-hmm. So Lama Tsongkhapa, the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment, uh, summarizes everything into those uh, into four key points uh, and explains the teaching according to four. Uh, the first is the greatness of the teaching's author in order to establish its noble origin. The second is showing the greatness of the teaching in order to uh, engender respect for the instructions or in order to, uh, for the practitioner to develop faith in uh, what is being taught, how to listen to and explain the teachings, and then how to lead students with the actual instructions of uh, the, the three uh, uh, stages of the path, basically. So the actual instructions are the, the three different paths and their stages. Mm-hmm. 
So, in, in the traditional way to explain teach, uh, when we look at traditional ways to explain teachings, we'll find two uh, specific uh, um, uh, um, systems that do have a little bit of difference between them. Uh, if we look at the first system, it's called the explanation of the teachings according to the Nalanda scholars. They explain the teachings according to the three purities. Uh, the the um, purity of the speech of the master, the purity of the mind of the disciple, and then the purity of the teaching that will be explained. So the three purities uh, are the basis for the explanation according to the Nalanda scholars. Uh, the Vikrama Lashila tradition is the second tradition. Um, and this, uh, this way of explaining the, the teachings goes by way of the three greatnesses. Uh, the greatness of the teachings author, the greatness of the teaching, um, and then uh, um, how to listen to and explain the teachings, uh, so, um, uh, this, which is the third category. So Lama Tsongkhapa, or Jay Rinpoche, has chosen to follow the second uh, tradition, the Vikramalashila tradition, of uh, the greatness of the um, teachings, author of the greatness of the teaching, and then how one uh, um, listens to or and explains the teachings. So the first um, um, section of the greatness of the um, author deals with Atisha's life story. Uh, so this is, uh, um, deals with his life story in order to establish its of noble origin. The next is that showing the greatness of the teaching uh, in order to engender respect for the instructions. It shows the benefits of the, the instructions, what, how one will be benefited by uh, practicing these things. Uh, and then the last is, uh, again, how to listen to and explain the teachings, how one should listen, how one should teach. Uh, so uh, that is the meaning of those three. So when we go to the first section of uh, the showing the greatness of the teachings author, uh, we uh, show first uh, how Lord Atisha took place, uh, took, I'm sorry, how Lord Atisha was born into a noble lineage. So then we uh, find out that he was born uh, in a city named Bengal, uh, which is east uh, of India, uh, that he was born uh, into a royal family, uh, his father, of, uh, of course, a king, mother, a queen, and he was one of three children, being, and he was the middle child, so he had uh, two other brothers. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, then the next section shows upon the basis of that noble origin how he gained his excellent qualities. And then the first is how he gained his excellent qualities relative to the uh, scriptural doctrine or scriptural knowledge. And then second, how he gained his uh, excellent qualities of realizational doctrine or experiential practice. So the first begins with how he gained his excellent qualities relative to the scriptural doctrine uh, and then this goes to show how Lord Atisha, by the age of 21, had mastered all of the different forms of arts. There's 64 different ones. There's many different 
forms of arts and crafts and construction, etc. Um, and he had mastered and learned all of the teachings of the Buddhist and non-Buddhist traditions. Uh, so he, by the age of 21, had become well-versed in all areas of knowledge even at the age of 15, uh, upon hearing once Dharmakirti's Drops of Reasoning, which is a summary of the valid cognition texts, uh, he was able to um, understand its meaning and debate a non-Buddhist scholar who was very famous and defeat him with his uh, um, knowledge of the text upon hearing it once. And because of his ability to do this, and because he was able to uh, negate the views of this very famous non-Buddhist scholar, he then became very famous at the age of 15. Then, because he was urged by his various um, um, deities, uh, um, and higher beings and his teachers uh, to become ordained, he then uh, decided uh, the Lo Gatsudua, Nishu Sago. Then he, uh, be upon being urged by his uh, um, uh, deities, etc., uh, as his uh, root deities uh, and higher beings and his teachers to become ordained, he took the full the vows of a fully ordained monk. What the Nikaza? Um, and then he, the, uh, the younger and then he received uh, um, the complete initiations from uh, the, the master or guru, Rahula, um, who was called the Lord of Contemplation of the Black Mountain uh, Temple. Um, so he um, had studied uh, all of the tantras incomplete at that time and became a, a great scholar and learned in all of the instructions of uh, the tantric lineage of, of Buddhism uh, as well as the um, um, other teachings. <laughs> And by the age of 31, he uh, was uh, completely learned uh, and a scholar in all the higher and lower uh, um, scriptural collections of Buddhist knowledge, of the perfection of wisdom, uh, uh, um, uh, the Parshin, Zhu, Uma. Of the three baskets of knowledge. Um, uh, uh, all the, the perfection of wisdom and... Uh, um, let me go back. Became a master of all the lower and higher forms of, or traditions within Buddhism of the perfection of wisdom vehicle, Majamaka, and then the three baskets of the uh, Sutra basket, the Abhidharma basket, and the Vinaya basket. So he became learned and a scholar in all of the different forms of Buddhism. Well, 
So those <coughs> studies um, exhibit how Atisha gained his excellent qualities relative to the scriptural doctrine or the uh, scriptural instructions. Uh, the next section deals with how he gained his excellent qualities of realizational doctrine or uh, experiential knowledge. And then this section shows the, how he took the uh, individual liberation vows uh, and then how he took the bodhisattva vows and then how he took the tantric vows, uh, the vows of the Vajrayana. Uh, so uh, this section um, begins with his training in ethics. So then the next section is uh, how upon those excellent qualities that Atisha had gained, he um, uh, prop, uh, propagated the teachings or what he did for the teachings after he gained those excellent qualities. Uh, and the first section shows what he did in India, um, and then the next section shows what he did in Tibet. And in the first section where it shows what he did in India, it says that in the palace of the Great Enlightenment uh, in Bodhagaya, he upheld the Buddhist teaching three times by using the teachings to vanquish the poor instruction of non-Buddhist philosophers. Um, with regard to the higher and lower of our own Buddhist schools, he furthered the teachings through clearing away the corruptions of ignorance, wrong ideas, and doubts, so it is that all the schools without partisanship consider him a, a crown jewel. So he was able to, it, uh, at a great debate where there were many different Buddhists and non-Buddhists, uh, negate the views of uh, non-Buddhist scholars in three different ways, in uh, three times. Uh, so he uh, was able to do that. And then if we look at the uh, Buddhism and we look at the different tenet systems in Buddhism of the Great Exposition School, the Sutra School, the Mind Only School, and the um, uh, Middle Way School, uh, we see that there are the lower schools and the higher schools, and he became uh, completely uh, versed um, and learned in all of those schools and was able to clarify any uh, doubts or wrong views that were contained within each of those individual schools. Um, so there were so many different views um, um, uh, contained within the tenet systems, and Atisha had mastered all of them and was able to clarify each of the individual tenet systems to each of the individual practitioners of those tenet systems. And for that reason, all, different, all of the um, holders of all views 
um, looked, looked to him for guidance um, and uh, considered him, it says here, a crown jewel uh, because he was so learned in all of the different traditions. <laughs> so, um, then uh, in Tibet, uh, um, the royal uh, family and translators uh, began to invite uh, Atisha to come uh, in order to clarify the views of Buddhism in Tibet. Um, and Atisha then um, consulted with uh, his uh, deity, uh, Tara, um, uh, and uh, asked what he should do. Should he stay in India uh, or go to Tibet? Um, and Tara um, replied that if he were to stay in India, uh, his life would be lengthened. Uh, he would have a much longer life, uh, and his life would be of medium purpose or medium benefit. But uh, if he were to go to Tibet, his life would definitely be shortened, uh, but he would um, uh, have fulfilled his life's uh, goal, or uh, he would, would have uh, um, had the most beneficial life possible. So if he went to Tibet, his life would be shortened, but he would be, uh, do much greater good. That's really more literal. He would do much greater good, uh, even though he would have a shorter lifespan. Uh, so he decided to go. So then, he did, when he came to Tibet, he stayed in Nari, uh, uh, for three years, in Neitang for nine years, and five years in Uen Utsang. Uh, so making for a total of uh, 17 uh, years that he stayed in Tibet. In Neitang, there's many different um, uh, monasteries, and it's maybe a day's walk from Lhasa. Uh, so that's where Neitang is. It's close to Lhasa. And then he stayed in other places around Tibet for another five years, making for a total of 17 years. So there are many texts that Lord Atisha has written, but if we look at the most important text, the most important text is the one uh, uh, composed in Tibet called the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. What the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment is a bit of a measurable, uh, great benefit. The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment is a bit of a measurable, great benefit. The Lamp for the Path to En
你要到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了,到了
So at the uh, Sanyik monastery, uh, the Buddhist sciences were studied uh, and the tenet systems and how one actually practices the instructions. Uh, so all of these different um, um, areas of knowledge were studied. So, um, Shandarashita was responsible for um, a, an important text uh, that's very similar to the um, com commentary on the compendium of valid cognition. Um, uh, and it's called the Compendium of Suchness. Um, so this contained uh, the, the many signs and reasonings. So um, uh, within this uh, signs and reasoning, um, uh, it shows how to establish correct signs, uh, or incontrovertible correct signs, relative to various areas, areas of knowledge, and specifically within the perfection of wisdom teachings, the signs and reasonings to establish emptiness and to establish the lack of true establishment um, of objects. Um, so, Shandarashita uh, wrote this very important text that um, deals with um, signs and reasonings and specifically valid cognition, but and also wrote uh, the ornament to the middle way, uh, which was a text on the um, middle way philosophy, which um, is very important quoted. And then Rinpoche made a quote from the beginning of that text, which I'm sorry I, I don't have exactly, but it was the use of a correct sign uh, to establish um, uh, the lack of true establishment of objects. Um, uh, so I'm going to ask again just for the basic of that. Um, Then, 
So when we look at uh, signs, correct signs and reasoning, uh, we could look at the subject I, for instance. Um, and the way that one would um, use signs and reasoning was to establish the subject, uh, the thesis, and then the sign, or the proof of thesis. So we would say the subject I um, is not truly established because it is not one and truly established and it is not other and truly established. Therefore, uh, um, it, because it is not uh, one and truly established uh, and not other and truly established, it is necessarily not truly established because if truly established existed, then it would be necessarily one with the subject or other than the subject. And because it's not one with the subject, one one and is more literal, it's not one with, it's one and the subject. Uh, and because it's not uh, other than the subject or two and the subject is necessarily not truly established. So this is a correct sign to establish the, the lack of true establishment of the I. Um, and just to translators note, the one and other uh, have their own de definitions. In, in order for one or other or one and two to be established, there has to be an existent object. Um, and because true establishment is not existent, it can't be one or other. Uh, so the, that is the way that a sign and reasoning would be used to establish the lack of true establishment of the I. And that's just an example of the use of logic and signs and reasoning. So it's a, a, state, a subject, a statement about the subject, and then the reason for that or the sign for that statement. So, looking at the highest system of the tenets, the middle way of philosophy, uh, there are two different types of middle way philosophy, or uh, um, um, Madhyamaka philosophy. Uh, there is the middle way autonomy school philosophy and the middle way consequence school philosophy. The middle way autonomy school is a lower view than the middle way consequence school, but is still considered uh, philosophy of the middle way. Um, all middle way systems posit the lack of true establishment of objects such as the eye. But the way that that lack of true establishment um, is established is different in the autonomy school slightly than it is in the middle way consequence school. 
Um, so the middleway uh, autonomy school asserts that the object and the object possessor or the awareness apprehending the object both have to be present um, in order for an object to be established. And there is not an, uh, uh, an object that can be established that's separate from the union of the awareness uh, and the object that it's apprehending. So there is some ob this object has some objectness to it, and then there is an awareness that joins to this object, and then that is what brings the object, using the example I, into being. So the middle way autonomy school states that things are not truly established because they are uh, come into being through this union of object and object possessor. Um, and there is no object that's separate from uh, this coming together of the awareness and the object. Um, so this is how they uh, um, establish the lack of true establishment. Um, the middle way consequence school is different in that it asserts that there is no um, um, objectness from the side of the object and there is merely is a basis of designation for a name that the uh, um, um, object possessor or the aware, awareness, um, 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 I'm sorry, let me go back. So there's just merely a basis of designation that is named by the object possessor or the awareness, but there is no, um, um, in, this, in this case, I that is separate <coughs> from that naming. So the middle way consequence school states that things are brought into existence merely through the naming of a basis of designation and that that basis of designation uh, is only the basis of the name and doesn't have any um, um, I-ness, I'm sorry to use a word that doesn't exist, about it. It's just a basis that can be named as I. Um, and the autonomy school feels that it takes those two, the basis and the, uh, and the uh, object possessor, uh, to bring something into existence. And that's lack of true establishment. But the consequence school says the lack of true establishment of an object is that it's only named and is merely a basis of designation. That's a collection that's named as this or that. And there is no this or that that is separate from that um, collection that serves as just a basis of designation for the name. Um, so this is the difference between the autonomy school and the consequence school, which are both middle way philosophies and both uh, establish lack of true establishment. Now, during uh, this period of time we're speaking of in Tibet, there was a master of Buddhist philosophy named Hashan who uh, did not uh, claim to be a follower of either of those two higher systems and uh, believe that both of those systems were incorrect. And uh, his, so he uh, brought many mistaken views um, into uh, public teachings. Um, and uh, he stated that no matter what, virtue or non-virtue was all conceptual thought, so that all of these uh, practices were actually obstacles to the realization of emptiness. So there was no... Um, uh, need to be virtuous or non-virtuous, that emptiness merely was realized by emptying the mind of thought completely. And that by emptying one's mind of thought completely, um, and of all thoughts, both virtuous thoughts and non-virtuous thoughts, one could realize emptiness. And that the, 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 the complete 
um, emptying of the mind was how the realization took place and it wasn't dependent upon any of these other things uh, in, in order to be established. So the method side of the teachings were uh, negated by Hashan and he was a great scholar and uh, was well versed in scriptural um, baskets so he um, was able to establish these views uh, and with seeming uh, certainty. Um, so uh, he not, uh, was not a proponent of either of the middle way schools um, and actually was a proponent of uh, completely incorrect views. So in the Chinese uh, Buddhist system there are two, the Pure Land Buddhist and Concentration, and uh, this particular system uh, was considered by Hashan to fall under the Concentration Systems. So Hashan was not uh, even a proponent of any of the views of the Middle Way uh, Consequence School, or the Middle Way Autonomy School, or the Mind Only School. It was a completely separate view altogether that was mistaken. What that could so he was a great scholar. Uh, it was only really mistaken relative to uh, the view of emptiness. So no one was able to negate his views that was in Tibet at the time. So this, for this reason, the master Kamala Shio was in, uh, invited to Tibet from India and then came and negated Hashan, Hashan's wrong views. So it says that there are three ideal qualifications, and the ideal means that uh, the the best quality uh, um, um, author. So when it says ideal qualifications of an author, it means the best quality author uh, has three specific qualifications. The first is that they have to have mastered the five topics of knowledge. The second is that they should possess instructions that are the key points for practicing the meaning of the topics of Buddhist knowledge which have been transmitted in an unbroken lineage through excellent beings from the perfect Buddha. And three, that they should receive permission to compose the text in a vision of uh, his or her uh, chosen deity. Uh, so these uh, three qualifications are the most ideal qualifications of an author. But it also states that if someone has only two of them, uh, then they are really a qualified author. But in Atisha's case, Lord Atisha possessed all three qualifications, which is very rare. It said he was endowed with all three of them. 
So the first uh, states that he was a, a scholar of the five topics of knowledge. And the five topics of knowledge refer to the um, uh, Buddhist, non-Buddhist, grammar and logic, the arts, and medicine. Uh, and then it says that uh, also appears knowledge, grammar, logic, arts, and me medicine. Um, so these are the five uh, topics of knowledge um, that are mentioned in the first ideal qualification. Bless 
So the first is that the mastery of the five topics, and then the second, um, it says, should possess instructions that are the key points for practicing the meaning of the topics of Buddhist knowledge which have been transmitted uh, in an unbroken lineage from excellent beings from the perfect Buddha. Um, that's going to come later, the instruction. Uh, and the third is should receive permission to uh, compose the text in a vision of his or her chosen deity. And then it says, if uh, someone with any one of these three or can compose a text, then when all three are present, it is ideal. The master... Uh, the great master was endowed with all three as follows. And then it says, with regard to how his chosen deities looked after him, uh, there's a quote from the 80 verses of praise. And it says, due to having visions and receiving permission uh, from the glorious Hibhadra, uh, the hero Avalokiteshvara, the noble and venerable Tara, and so forth, he listened always to the excellent teaching of the profound view and vast deeds of compassion, either in dreams uh, or in person. So here, it, it, it shows how, and I, I have to look at all of this when I'm uh, not on the spot, but uh, it shows how the, um, uh, through the three purities of body, speech, and mind, um, uh, in some way the three purities of body, speech, and mind are connected to, and the, to this um, um, way that his chosen deities looked after him. Um, and the, pur the purity of body, speech, and mind is the transformed body, speech, and mind uh, um, that one achieves through the practice um, of the uh, um, various an um, permissions or initiations of the action tantric vehicle. Uh, so in action tantra there is the um, body, uh, speech, um, and mind uh, initiation that transforms uh, those impure body, speech, and minds of ordinary beings into the pure body, speech, and minds of, of the deity. 
so he received, it says, and receiving permission. Uh, the permission here uh, is, I think, more specific uh, in, is regards, in regards to the permissions that are given that transform the body, speech, and mind into the purities. So jainang means permission, literally, when we have, uh, translators know, when we have an initiation. It's really called jainang, and it's more literally called permission. Uh, so this word here, permission, I see now. Uh, this word here, permission, is referring to the, the different permissions that uh, purify the entrances of body, speech, and mind and transform them into those. Um, and then uh, uh, Rinpoche was also speaking of the advices that are given uh, and the advices of, of, of not, if there is a deity uh, um, present, of not sitting on a throne, uh, two, not um, drinking alcohol, and three, um, not eating um, 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 animals or things that are constructed to look like animals. Uh, so even things that look like uh, an animal, uh, or to make it, made it look like a fish and you eat it, even if it's not a fish, uh, one shouldn't engage in that. So. It's interesting. Uh, so uh, the, these are the three different three advices that are primary advices uh, that are given. I'm not sure if it's three examples of advices because I know there's many, many in the advices in the Action Tantra, uh, um, or, or or three specific ones. I apologize for that. But uh, here the permissions uh, refer to the initiations within the Action Tantra. Um, that Lord Atisha was given to transform the uh, body, speech, and mind into the three purities. Um, so I apologize for leaving things out. I'm sure I did. Um, and in the future, hopefully, I will not. Mm-hmm. The Lama Juba de la Kaleo is a Lama Juba Tomo Wada, Tiba Chemi Juba Nio, Lazis. Tomo Juba Tat Chumo the Tomo Lazis and Madame, Dinta Tomo Lari Juba to change it. Tomo Wadas, Lazio, Tiba Chemi Juba Ni. Tiba Chemi Juba de la Pashin Tiba the Ha, Pashin Tiba the Ha Nidis, Pashin Tibi Lama Juba Dan, Hang Lama Juba Nio, Pashin Tibi Lama Juba Dambula. ตายอยู่บ่ตายอยู่บ่เจชาบันอยู่บ่ตายชื่อจูอันจานอยู่บ่ตายชื่อจูตัวน่ะสงเลยสงมาเลยสงเลยสงมาเลยตาก็ตั
So with regard to the lineage of gurus, there are two lineages that are of the common vehicle. Um, it's going to take a moment, I apologize. <laughs> so there are two lineages that are of the that of the vehicle common to both Hinayana and Mahayana, and that of Mahayana. Um, so here it's speaking of the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, and teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. So those two types of teachings are, are shared in common with both the Hinayana and the Mahayana. So it speaks of those that are specific to the Mahayana and those that are specific to uh, both, are, are not specific, are common uh, to both Hinayana and Mahayana. So it says, uh, within the latter there are again two, those of the perfection vehicle and those of the mantra vehicle. Within the perfection vehicle there are two more divisions, the lineage of, of the view of excellent deeds and the lineage, uh, there are, and it says, within the lineage of deeds there are lineages descended from Maitreya and from Manjushri, making three lineages in the perfection vehicle. Okay. So here, uh, the, there are two, there are two uh, lineages that we can say within the um, uh, vehicles. The profound view lineage and the excellent deeds lineage. The excellent deeds lineages uh, are passed down from Machaya uh, to Lord Asanga and so forth. Uh, so those are the excellent deeds lineage, and that's to the left here. If we're facing the, the Lamrin lineage, uh, Tanka, to the left of Lord Buddha, we find the um, excellent deeds lineage, uh, where we find at the top Lord Maitreya. On the right-hand side, we find the profound view lineage, um, and at the top of the profound view lineage, that's passed down from Lord Man Manjushri. Uh, so these are, are two lineages that we would say are found uh, within the perfection vehicle. And then if we look at the third lineage, uh, um, the lineages of the mantric vehicle, or the, the blessed vehicle, uh, the blessed, uh, what did I write, the, um, the, the blessed practice lineage. The, it's, it doesn't seem to be in the English here. Uh, okay, the lineage of the blessings. Uh, so here it says the, the, there are such lineages as the lineages of tenets, the lineages of blessings, and the lineages of various instructions. Uh, so it's the excellent deeds lineage, the profound view lineage, and then the lineages of blessings. And the lineage of, of blessings refer to the tantric practices, and we see at the head of the lineage of blessings, Vajradhara, um, uh, so Dorje Chang. So for, at the head of the excellent deeds lineage, here on this side we find Maitreya. On the head of the profound view lineage, on this side we find Manjushri. And then the head of the blessings lineage, which is the tantric practice lineage, we find Vajradhara at the top. So 
this lineage we find Lord Asanga and various other masters. This lineage we find Manjushri, Nagarjuna, and uh, um, Devas and, and various masters. And then the Vajradhara lineage we find Naropa, Talopa, uh, and uh, um, various other tantric uh, masters. Uh, so uh, that's how uh, the great treatise on the stage of the path breaks it down into three uh, lineages. It's a little confusing for me in here. I'm sure it's translated very brilliantly, but right now I'm having trouble with the way it's translated, so I just retranslated it uh, into the, the lexicon that I use. Uh, so this is the excellent deeds lineage, this is the profound view lineage, and this is the blessings lineage, which is the uh, actually the blessings practice lineage. The practice of, of the blessings lineage. Nyanlan Shila. Yeah, something like this. So Rinpoche was just naming the different names, uh, and I was just trying to get them uh, into the Sanskrit or into the words that we usually use. I'm going to miss some of them, unfortunately, but uh, Rinpoche is explaining the, uh, he just gave the transmission to everyone uh, of the names explaining the excellent deeds lineage that's passed from Lord Matreya to his Sangha, to Basubandhu, and then uh, to Selimpa. Okay. <laughs> And then, uh, so that's the excellent deeds lineage. The profound view lineage is passed down from uh, Manjushri to Nagarjuna, Chandrakirti, Arya Deva, uh, um, Shanti Deva, and then eventually ends up at Lord Atisha. Um, so both lineages end up at Lord Atisha. Uh, the first, uh, again, to just reiterate, from Maitreya to Asanga to um, uh, Basubandhu to Salimpa to Atisha, and that's the excellent deeds lineage. And then the profound view lineage from Manjushri to Nagarjuna, Chandrakirti, Aryadeva, Shantideva to, uh, to Atisha, and that's the profound view lineage. So the profound view lineage went from uh, Manjushri to uh, Nagarjuna, and this is called the profound view lineage. And it passed down and eventually ended up at Lord Atisha. Uh, 
So then the um, blessings lineage begins with uh, Vajradhara, and to the left of Vajradhara is Talopa, and to the right of Vajradhara is Naropa. Eva, Talopa, Yumba, Naropa. Yeah, probably. Uh, to the left is uh, Talopa, to the right is Naropa. And then we find all of the other tantric lineage masters, and then we eventually end up at Lord Atisha. So uh, Lord Atisha is in the bottom of all of the different lineages of instruction passed down. Jason, <laughs> So then uh, Lord Atisha took these three lineages of instruction, the profound view lineage, the excellent deeds lineage, and the <coughs> lineage of blessings, um, and then passed them down to Drom Tompa, uh, who then uh, passed to the Kadam three Kadampa traditions. So. Uh, the teachings that were passed down from Lord Atisha are all of the teachings of all of the different views, the profound view, the excellent deeds, and the tantric lineage, lineage of blessings. So uh, these were all <coughs> passed down, uh, ended up at Lord Atisha, then Lord Atisha transmitted the teachings to Dromtompa and then the three Kadampa traditions. So this is the, how the teachings were passed down uh, through a complete lineage of instruction, uh, unbroken lineage of instruction. so the the teachings were passed uh, through the profound view lineage, the excellent deeds lineage, and the blessing lineage down to Lord Atisha. And then Lord Atisha passed them from uh, uh, that, those lineages to Drone Tompa, his uh, root lay disciple, and then to the three Kadampa traditions, which are uh, not coming to my mind at this moment. The Kadampa stages of the path, uh, do you know, David? No. Okay, so there's three Kadampa traditions, the, and they're just slipping my mind at this moment. Uh, you can find them definitely in, in many different places, uh, just not at this moment. Uh, so the stage of the path is one of the traditions. The, the La Rimpa. Okay. 
Which one would they? So the, the, the first is like uh, uh, many di different texts, and analyzing many different texts, Jumbawa, I can't remember, Jumbawa, uh, analysis of, of many different texts, or scriptural, the scriptural tradition, ジョンポチャモモテマトナヤテネテジンジンジテネニャンレジリンテラリンバラグレスカネラリンバチェタジェバナンディテマトバチェドゥドゥジェナトヨデジジュマナモワテネケドゥドゥジェニャンレジリン
cada um está junto, lá Jesus, cada um junto está, de Jumba Azul está de Ade, de Tuni, de Rodo Tuni, Raduna Juni, Sadanada, do Dedê. O de Junto, de cada um, ou cada um está com o Dedê, cada um Jumba Azul, o de Jambo. De Gerard, tá? ジェラスとサンジクトロイトロイトサンジクトロイチェアンツォンセアブセジュロテニテネチュンジュトラプニイジェジェテネンドデジェンタンサデナシャンサドデジェンタシャンサイジュシャンサオデニャンドニャンレ
so here it says uh, in the great treatise it speaks of the uh, common and uncommon uh, teachings the common teachings refer to those teachings that are common uh, such as the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity and the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity uh, so when it, where it says the uh, that of the vehicle common that's what that's referring to so uh, in common would we would find the profound view lineage uh, which began with Lord uh, the master Manjushri and passed down to uh, Nagarjuna uh, Arya Deva Chandrakirti uh, and then eventually to uh, Master Atisha uh, the excellent deeds lineage that's passed from uh, Lord Maitreya to Asanga Vasubandhu Salingpa and then eventually Atisha and these would be considered the common uh, common vehicles. And then the uh, uncommon vehicle would be the, the lineage of blessings that begins with Vajradhar to Talopa Naropa and then to Lord Atisha. So uh, this is what is meant here by the three lineages in the Lamrim tradition um, and uh, what is meant by common and uncommon. <laughs> Sanga Sandukjuba. So the, their tantric lineages can be divided into five uh, categories. Uh, first is called the general uh, tantric lineages, and those are the, where we find the categories of action tantra, uh, uh, performance tantra, yogic tantra, and highest yogic tantra, and their general explanations. Uh, so the, and, uh, that's called the, the general um, or non-specific um, category. The second is specific to the Father Tantras, and Father Tantras uh, refer specifically uh, to um, the Guya Samaja system. Uh, so the Guya Samaja system is the, uh, under the ca that category, the second 
category. The third is the Mother Tantras, and at the head of Mother Tantra system, we find Chakra Sambhava. Uh, so this is the third. So first is the uh, Chakra Sambhava, Hevadra, Kala Chakra, uh, but Chakra Sambhava being uh, the, the Mother Tantra head. Then uh, the Samwandupa Dang. Uh, so the, the different father and mother tantras um, uh, are the transformative tantras that uh, where one the chapagare the paju the maju the paju the nuji the nuji dan nuji で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、
um, by these practices. Um, so uh, one is able to gain the various isolated body, isolated speech, uh, um, isolated mind, and then the uh, illusory bodies, and the clear light, and the, the state of union, etc. So one is able to achieve all of these different uh, results through the stages of the impure and pure paths of the father and mother tantras. Um, and then the fourth is the yogic tradition of Tantra, um, going back to the five divisions. Um, the fourth is the yogic tradition of Tantra, and the fifth is the Yamantaka lineage uh, of Tantra. So these five, um, uh, these are the five divisions, the general uh, Tantra generalities, or general Tantra, Father Tantra, Mother Tantra, Yogic Tantra, and the Yamantaka, Yamantaka Tantras. Um, and then the father and mother tantras, um, uh, allowing one to manifest the illusory, uh, the the pure body or tantric body, uh, or it's called the illusory body, uh, and the clear light mind, uh, and then the impure and pure forms of those during the various stages of the five paths that are uh, achieved. And then once one achieves the path of seeing and achieves the pure form of these things, at that point we would say that they've achieved the state of a foe destroyer um, uh, because the afflictive obstructions have been abandoned at that point, at that stage. So I'm sure there's much more to it than that, um, but I did the best I could within the framework of the vocabulary that I have. <laughs> So in the, the lineage of blessings is not explained very clearly in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. So you find uh, only a, a very small part. So if you have to look at other commentaries on it to find out where this material uh, is referring to, and then when we look at various commentaries, we'll find these five categories of the general, uh, or Tantra in general, uh, the Father Tantra, the Mother Tantra, Yogic Tantra, and then Yamantaka Tantra. So these are five uh, categories that you'll find uh, relative to the lineage of blessings and the, um, the instructions contained within. So then we uh, look at the different lineages that Lord Atisha received instruction from, the profound view lineage, the extensive deeds lineage, um, and then the lineage um, of uh, Vajradhara. Uh, that lineage of Vajradhara would contain all of these five points we find uh, within the Tantras, because if we look at the lineage where we see Vajradhara and uh, Tilopa and Naropa, Tilopa and Naropa were both holders of the Samandupa, uh, the Guya Samaja Tantra, uh, so all of these points that are contained within these five would be contained within that lineage, uh, starting with Vajradhara. What the lineage is So all of the different lineages end up at Lord Atisha. Atisha, 
So then Atisha, when coming to Tibet, passed the lineage from Dron down to Dron Tompa and then to the Kadampa, old Kadampa traditions. So then uh, the lineage is passed to the uh, from Drone Tompa to the old three old Kadampa traditions, the ones the analysis of uh, vast amounts of scripture those who now analyze medium amounts and those who uh, looked at more abbreviated or summarized scriptures uh, and contemplate and con uh, analyze them. Uh, so then, uh, from those three uh, lineages of the old Kadampa tradition, then uh, the instructions are passed to Lama Tsongkhapa, who is a holder of then um, all of the, the teachings passed down uh, uh, from Atisha to Drong Tompa to the three Kadampa traditions, uh, then to Lama Tsongkhapa. So, the, the new Kadampa tradition refers to Lama Tsongkhapa's tradition that um, uh, encompassed all of the old Kadampa traditions. What then Mata Kadam Sama del Galubadan, Kajubadan, Sajaba Sungalimata, the Kasa Adishagalani there, and the Kajunime from Yore, Satanism Yore, Galubotan, Nima, Nima, so the so all the the London. Ah, okay. okay. So then uh, relative to those practitioners who um, use this text um, uh, in Tibet, we find the Kaju tradition who uh, utilizes Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. Uh, the Sakya tradition utilizes Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, and then the um, Galupa tradition uh, utilizes Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. Um, I asked that Nyingma, uh, the Nyingma does not utilize this text, but the Sakya Kaju and Galupa uh, do. What that the Nyingma, what the Sangala Juba Nata, and Trutaki Juba, and Truta, Namasanji with Trutaki Juba, and the Yota, Namasanji with Truta Mohan, and Shira Mohan, and Duba. So it says, in addition, there are such lineages as the lineage of tenets, so the tenet systems referring to the, uh, the various uh, tenet systems that are uh, within the, just the Buddhist systems. Uh, the lineage of blessings, uh, the lineages of various instructions. Um, so this is the lineages of instructions and advices on transmissions and uh, permission rights uh, and uh, initiations and so forth. So it says a teacher was endowed with instructions from these many lineages. Uh, so here are just some more examples of the lineages of instruction uh, and blessings and, and, and so forth that Atisha held. So the, all of the tenets and basically all of the, the um, topics within Buddhism in, com in a complete form. 
我知道我这个举报跟我老大阿弟小弟阿弟小跟老妈说说的举报的是那对不来他都准备老妈呢新的把他私领把私领把这阿弟小跟老妈一把私领把这阿弟把他不得加拿大嘛我说我都托不摸
Jagal So we find uh, this is a very uh, summarized um, explanation of all of the, the masters that um, emerged as a result of Lord Atisha's teaching. And if we wish to look more into their life stories, we have to look at the liberation life stories of each of these disciples. But here it says, This master who had such qualities had an inconceivable number of students in India, Kashmir, Uddiyana, Nepal, and Tibet. Uh, to mention the chief of these, in India there were the four great scholars, uh, Bidoa, uh, Dharma Karamadi, uh, Madhya Sinya, and Sit uh, Garba, um, all equal in knowledge to Atisha himself. Some also include... Uh, Mitra Guya as a fifth from Nari. There were the translators uh, Rinchen Sampo and the translator Ngatso and the royal uh, renunciates Shanchip Wo from Song. There were uh, Gargewa and uh, Guchua Leidze from uh, Lodra. There were uh, Chawa Chichok and uh, so Gewa Jong uh, from Kam and Gawa Chichok who's from South Lhasa. Uh, Gewa Jong uh, from Kam, uh, Nejer Chembo, uh, Gomboa, Sh uh, Shirak Dorje, and uh, Shadar Domba from Central Tibet. Uh, there were the three Gundun Zundru Yungdun, uh, Ngulewe Shirak, uh, Drong Tongwa Jewe Ngunye, uh, Drong Tongba. From among these, the great holder of the lineage who furthered the activities of the Guru, Atisha himself, was Drontompa, Jewe uh, Junye, who was prophesied by Tara uh, herself. This, in brief, is the greatness of the author. It can be known in, de in, uh, it can be known in detail from the great uh, biographical, biographical literature. Uh, so, uh, the net refers to the liberation life stories. Um, uh, where we find all of the um, explanations or information about these lineage gurus that um, uh, are in the lineage of, of Atisha. So all of these um, were students of Lord Atisha who became uh, famous scholars. <laughs> So Tara said that 
it would benefit uh, uh, the teachings greatly if uh, Lord Atisha were to go to Tibet and um, also made mention specifically of a lay person uh, um, and, uh, that would be benefited and this was in reference to Drone Tompa who Lord Atisha uh, was Lord Atisha's root disciple. So when uh, um, uh, Atisha was in Nari, uh, he, re he stated that because of his clairvoyance, uh, he told uh, his um, uh, attendants to prepare a meal uh, because Drone Tompa would be coming. Uh, so uh, Tisha knew through his clairvoyance that uh, the student would be arriving, so he told the attendants to prepare a meal for him. ハルチーソンフォーです。モンバンゴソンセイゴです。で、ジェメンレプソン。ジェメンジェンチュアイレ。ヨボチェロンベンゴジェンピ。シャワシネティジェンジェ。リジボンハルチョセ。モンゴソ
So he had an ear, a clairvoyance of hearing because he was able to hear musical offerings that were being played for him in Bodhagaya even when he was in Tibet. Uh, so he, he had the uh, um, uh, miraculous powers before and now the ear of clairvoyance because he could hear these offerings that were being made to him. What the Adisha got the Nodamarazumar is, Nodamar Adisha So this is, was stated uh, to Drone Tompa by Lord Atisha, and this is how Drone Tompa knew of the clairvoyance um, that uh, Atisha had. What that Jumontava Demijan Zavavich was Rusimar, that the number Jemanta, Damala Kubachi, Chujichawa. So this is the section that deals with the greatness of the author in order to uh, show that it's from noble origin. And then later we'll deal with the greatness of the teaching. Um, so today we've dealt with the greatness of the, the author. So uh, we have this great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment in English, and you can see how uh, solid uh, or all-inclusive this text really is if uh, you study it. So if you're able to understand the contents of the Lam Rim, you'll be able to understand the contents of all the other texts. I think it's the opposite way, though. I don't think you can understand the contents of the Lam Rim without the uh, contents of all the other texts. This is a summary. <laughs> so this is the uh, Lam Rim merit field here, the, uh, the, this picture, uh, this tanka. So I was looking at the um, Lam Rim Chemo and then this Tonka and I had some new information that came uh, to my to me from So it'd be very good if we can make prostrations and make seven limb prayers to this uh, group of beings that are depicted in this merit field. So in the um, uh, do, when we do the um, source of all my good, we can meditate upon the stages of the path or the Lam Rim. This is very good. So we're out of time. Uh, so let's do the concluding prayers uh, that we find in the prayer book. And thank you all for listening. I apologize for any errors. They're on my behalf, my side, not Rinpoche's. Fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandraba to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise to Manjabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and health for beings is Tenzin Yatso, ten resident persons. May his life be secure for hundreds of Kalpas. 
I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Thank you. Thank you.